What I want to do today, since we're talking about Good Fridays, I want to take a moment and ask people to feel this. Feel what it feels like for the innocent to die. To feel what it feels like to betray. To feel what it feels like to, to, to collude, not necessarily actively. And we're, we're invited to think maybe a little bit more carefully about the things that are on automatic for us. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Hey, Bishop. Hey. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time unpacking what Good Friday is. Right. So how about it? Uh, What's good about Good Friday? Oh, my God. Well, um, a lot of things. Um, You know, some people worry about the name. Why should we call it good? I mean, it it is the, the remembrance of a man lynched in front of his mother outside the city walls. Um, you know, between two thieves, uh, for, uh, saying that we should love neighbor and that we should share what we have and that we should commit ourselves to God. I mean, that's what they killed him for. Um, they killed him for truth. Um, so what's, what's good about good Friday is, is that Friday is, is one step in a process of good making, right? So, so the process in good making is to tell the truth and to be able to, to square up to it and have your eyes wide open to it. And, you know, the truth is, is that life is not all rainbows and, and unicorns and jelly beans, right? That, that life uh, has suffering in it. Life has betrayal in it. Life is unfair. Uh, people collude against you sometimes, even when you do the right things. Um, and so what I like about Good Friday is, is that, and what I, what I think, uh, you know, why I love Jesus uh, is because Jesus has never hoodwinked or bait and switched anybody. Jesus never said, "Hey, come follow me," uh, and it'll be a, it'll be a party. You know, there'll be confetti and paper, you know, paper mache animals, and then and then turned around on us and and, and gave us the sort of unvarnished truth. He's always said, "Follow me" has a cost, um, but what he said is is that anything you face uh, will never be bigger than my love, my grace, my mercy. Uh, and my empowerment for you. And so I, I like that about Good Friday. Um, Good Friday also gives us a friend in adversity. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that happens to many of us in, in, in difficult times and in our Good Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays is, is that we feel tragically and terribly alone. We feel like we're, we're the ones who, is, uh, who are suffering. Uh, and, and that suffering is, is, uh, is sort of... Um, uh, made worse by feelings of loneliness. Uh, and, and in Jesus, we have a friend uh, who suffers. Uh, you know, uh, Bob Marley, a great Rasta poet uh, and psalmist said, every man feels that his burden is the heaviest. Uh, and so one of the good things about Good Friday is, is that I have a friend whose name is Jesus of Nazareth, who had a much more difficult burden than I'll ever bear. And so when I'm weak or feeble or teetering, you know, I can lean on his strength, uh, you know, at his hour uh, of testing. And finally, I would say Good Friday is good because um, when we suffer and when we find other brothers and sisters who know suffering, we find family. 
um, Jesus from the cross looked down and, and, and partnered people. He said, this is your mother. He gave his friends a new mother, and he said to his friends, this is your brother. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, the Bible says brothers and sisters are born for adversity. So in the Good Fridays of our life, we are not alone. Um, we, we have, uh, or I should say, loneliness is a choice that we don't have to make. Um, the invitation in, in Jesus' Good Friday is, is that we don't have to suffer alone. Uh, Jesus is our friend in suffering, and we, can, we, can, we are bonded together and bound together in suffering. Uh, you know, the examples are too many, uh, you know, whether we're talking about AA or, um, or whether we're talking about people uh, who are, uh, you know, uh, I remember uh, friends of mine that I, who became real friends uh, because of, uh, of, of the work we did and the suffering we did in dive school in the Navy a thousand years ago, you know, being stripped naked and, uh, and subject to cold and to exposure and all those things together has forged a bond that is not easily broken. In fact, I was talking to a, a guy I went to flight school and dive school with the other day, uh, you know, 30, 30 or so years ago, and the bond is still there. Um, so in Good Friday, there, there are many benefits, but in Good Friday, we get to know something also about God. So you said earlier that the process of good making is to tell the truth. Yeah. And um, actually, I forgot to say that this, this devotion this week uh, was based off of uh, one of the 40 meditations for starting over a book that you named Beginning Again with God uh, and published in 2013. So it's excerpt is called why, and uh, you talk about the, the the process of 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 good making is a part of that is is telling the truth and and in your reflection you you mentioned how you had you were a school chaplain with children, explaining the story of Good Friday, and the kids asked why would people kill someone who came in peace, and so then you said why do we respond to truth by fight, freeze, or fight. Um, do, have you ever got any closer to answering that question? <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to the question is. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm deeply formed by having been a school chaplain, you know, a thousand years ago, right? And that's where I started off in my ordained ministry at, at the Cathedral School in, Saint, uh, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Um, a, a school attached to uh, the cathedral, uh, the cathedral of Saint John the Divine, and and, and there, you know, I, I'd always loved the Bible and had already graduated seminary and all that sort of stuff. And so there, you you know, you get to talk to young people. You know, it was really as a K uh, through eight school, and you get to talk to kids and and see how they process the story. And so, what was amazing to me was to hear, uh, was to watch their responses as I told them about you know uh, Martin Luther King's assassination. We've just celebrated his martyrdom um, on a balcony in Memphis and, and Good Friday. And, and they had the same sort of you know, curious look at me, like I was making no sense. It's like, you know, well, you said that Dr. King came to preach nonviolence. I said, yes. You said that he came to preach the gospel of love. I said, yes. I said, well, why would we kill him? Right? And if you ever want to get a sense of how sick we really are, and, and, and how we sort of normalize sickness. Um, just look at kindergartners when you tell them some of the truths that we live out. And, and, and then you will see that as life goes along, we break something in children. 
Um, we call it reality, but re- re- really it, we live in an upside down world. Um, we, we promote liars uh, and we kill truth tellers. Um, but, you know, they, they had to kill Jesus because the, the truth that he was and that he told, you know, uh, put into jeopardy the house of lies that we live in. Um, you know, the temple was uh, completely sort of um, occupied by the government, by the state. It was, and, they, and they were doing their very best to sort of be oppressed and to keep the tradition. Uh, the government uh, was, was brutal in its uh, oppression uh, of anything that looked like revolt or upstart religion. And so there was a very uh, fragile, fragile piece. And then in comes this nobody from Nazareth truth teller. And so the truth is just too hard to bear uh, for some of us. And that's why we avoid it. We bury it. Um, we seal it. Um, and, and, and in Jesus's case, we murder it. Um, you know, but what we forget is, is that, that that's only a short-term strategy. And, and Jesus proves that. And, and so many other examples prove that is, is that we can avoid truth. Uh, we can try to mitigate it for a season, but ultimately it will have its, its way. Uh, we had no idea that Jesus would get up from the grave and tell us the ultimate truth. And that is, you can put a stone over me, you can betray me, crucify me, whip me, you know, sort of run roughshod over me with a kangaroo court and legal proceedings, uh, poke a hole in my side, and you still uh, cannot outdo and, uh, and undo the truth of God. And that is, the pulse and cadence of God is new life. Uh, as, as Howard Thurman says, you know, God is forever on the side of the future. Uh, and, uh, and so God proves that in the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus doesn't, just doesn't decide to get up from the grave. We, we need to say uh, he is resurrected by God. Uh, in other words, uh, when the matter was, uh, had a question mark over it, uh, God came down on the side of new life. Uh, God resurrected uh, Jesus and has given us a sense of what God is for. And God is ultimately uh, for truth. Uh, God is for equity. God is for liberty. Uh, and God is for building our set, our set of values around all of that. And God is for the courageous uh, who are willing to do their part of telling the truth uh, to the uplift of everybody. Wow, I have so many questions and I can't wait to get to them when we come back after this short break. Hi listeners, thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. And we're back. Goodness, Bishop, before we went to break, I admitted that I have so many questions. Um, And it struck me as I was listening to you. I thought of Jesus. Um, Jesus died for Jesus's enemies. Right? Well, I mean... Like, he died for people who were shouting Hosanna uh, on Palm Sunday and that and that by by noon on that Friday they were they were yelling crucify him you know Thursday you know like it's just mind boggling to me. And not only that, but but you know when they were given a choice, the crowd was given a choice. They said, "We prefer, you know, Barabbas." Barabbas. 
Yeah. You know, give give us the guy who's the notorious criminal, right? <laughs> over over this, you know, sort of well-intentioned, you know, sort of nobody. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, so which says a lot about us. Um, you know, and I'm glad that in the church, you know, when we tell this story, right, we we uh we sort of read it in parts in most places. And and then uh, those who are assembled get to be the crowd, get to be the fickle crowd. Hosanna. Oh, you know, all praise be to God on his little donkey going through the gates. And then in, sh- in short order, no, man, kill him. Uh, and then the worst part of the whole thing, you know, you know, kill him so we can get back to worship in the temple. Yeah. But they did that, I think, out of fear, because that's what a lot of people in power will often use. They'll manipulate people through the sense of fear. And uh, this is why I really, I'm kind of digging the, the process of good making is to tell the truth. And we need to tell the truth in order to get, get past fear and beyond, uh, you know, into the love realm. So I'm reminded uh, by Mandela's uh, effort in South Africa and I just learned this. I think it's. Uh, I think it was Mandela uh, that said, "Forgiveness liberates the soul; it removes fear." That's why it's such a powerful weapon. And someone just shared with me that the people who did all of the murdering, the killing—you know—the just god awful stuff—that if they came in and confessed, they just exonerated them and yeah. let them walk. Yeah. And yeah. just the power of that forgiveness. And what that can do for love, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of, all of this is just jumbling around right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you have to take it in turn, right? It's a step. It's a step. And so we, we actually don't get to the formalization of, 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 of forgiveness. I mean, sure, Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? I mean, he says that. And then he invites, to, you know, the, the, the one thief who, who makes the request, invites him into paradise, uh, you know, uh, with him, with him. In other words, you, you uh, who was rightfully crucified, so to speak, um, are now welcome uh, with me, the one uh, who was uh, crucified, you know, unjustly. Right. So but so the, what I like about Good Friday is, is it forces you to take it step by step. Right. So I don't want to get to forgiveness just yet. Right. I, I don't want to get to Jesus formalizing this whole notion of how to build a community going forward which is on forgiveness. I mean, you know, Peter denies him three times and, 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 uh, and Jesus is taken into custody, et cetera. Uh, but then, you know, on, you know, uh, after the resurrection, Jesus finds him, slips past a locked door and restores the community through, you know, a muscular you know, forgiveness effort. But we're not there yet, right? So most, most of us watch the movie, you know, uh, in order uh, or we read the book in order. So what I want to do today since we're talking about Good Fridays, I want to take a moment and ask people to feel this, to feel what it feels like for the innocent to die, to feel what it feels like to betray, to feel uh, uh, what it feels like um, to, to, to collude, not necessarily actively, but by inattention. Pontius Pilate, you know, I don't know how you read Pontius Pilate. I, 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 you know, I change over the years, but I think Pontius Pilate was like lots of us. He was just an over busy administrator. And so a nobody from Nazareth didn't even make the list of, you know, to do. It's like, what? Yeah, sure. Get it. Yeah. Crucify him. Who cares? 
Right. I mean, and so I don't think this is some big drama, you know, big test of evil. If anything, it's a test of, you know, our, our indifference gets, you know, interrogated. And we're, we're invited to think maybe a little bit more carefully about the things that are on automatic for us. Right. Pontius Pilate's like, you know, look, man, I got I'm trying to get promoted here. You know, the Roman government has a system. If I do well here, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You know, I can provide for my family. I'll secure a good life, a nice house. I mean, he's like so many of us, you know. And so do I, does that take away from what he, he's done? No, of course not. But, but I think that if we pay attention to these characters in the story, we will see ourselves. You know, I, I'm reminded also that, that, that Jesus, uh, you know, Judas, it, it, you know, goes and betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Ju- Judas was the treasurer. Uh, I, I'm also reminded it's Judas who took real exception to the woman who, who, who wanted to, to wipe Jesus's feet, wash his feet, uh, you know, with perfume, which was, you know, some scholars say, which was worth 300 pieces of silver, Right. And so, you know, I've been in the church a long time, and I know that sometimes, you know, church can get really argumentative about the, the, how do we spend money. And I've seen people leave churches because they didn't like the way that money was being spent. They didn't like the priorities that had been established and were being funded. And so I'm not minimalizing Judas, but I, I, I can understand him, how he can go off and be upset uh, and, uh, and, and, and to say, Hey, look, you know, this guy is, is wrongheaded in the way he's justifying expenses. And who is this woman anyway? And you know, is this sexual misbehavior? You know, she's wiping his feet with her hair. I mean, I can just reason through the lens of the modern church, all, all these sorts of things. But what is powerful to me is, is that there is something about the human condition where we have to betray something and break something and destroy something before we really understand and appreciate its real value. And that's what I think about, you know, Jesus and Good Friday. It's the centurion, the guy charged actually to oversee the lynching that says, surely this man was the son of God. But it's not until his body is broken and lifeless and the the breath has gone out of it before he realizes what has happened. And, and so I want to just think about the times where we've broken things, destroyed things, undervalued things, right? And, and, and realize that, um, you know, on the best side of things, it took that for us to begin to appreciate life or our health or our loved ones or what is really important in life. That, I think, helps to bring resurrection closer. But it's only after, sadly, so often, only after we've done our worst. Bishop, thank you for that reminder. Uh, Good Friday, some tough stuff. And I think it's natural to just want to get beyond it, kind of like what you said. And so sitting with our crap is often essential in order to get to the good stuff. Well, thank you. Uh, And listeners, we are grateful for you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.